Aspen Hello, Quite well. Good afternoon, um, and welcome to Aspen Weight Live uh, on this Tuesday. Um, delighted to be back uh, once again. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening if you're on the podcast. And do get your comments and thoughts into us today. We would love to hear from you. And if you're on the podcast, you can email podcast at aspen-weight.co.uk. If you're watching on the live stream, get your comments in uh, right now. We'll answer as many of those as we can and we'll get them up onto the screen uh, as well. I am delighted to say that joining me uh, today for the broadcast is the CEO of Aspen Weight, Paul Waite. Good afternoon, Paul. Nice to see you've actually remembered who I was today. You know, yeah, I failed to. Like yesterday. <laughs> we had a big chat off 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 the camera, if, if you, off the cuff, if you want to go down that route, um, before yesterday's broadcast, and we just carried it on, and I, I forgot to introduce Paul, but these things happen. I won't forget to introduce uh, Mark Carey. Um, Mark, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you both. Nice to be here. <laughs> I, I seem to have a few little issues with, with internet today, so apologies if I disappear, but I shall do my best to, to maintain connectivity. So on a Tuesday, we, we want to talk about moving forward. We want to talk about uh, innovative things. We want to make this a very positive Tuesday show. And you mentioned something to, to me, Mark, just a moment ago um, about a conversation you had yesterday about people climbing out from underneath their beds <laughs> after we've been, mm. we've been in a certain period over the last maybe four to six weeks and people are slowly starting to come out and maybe think about the future. Yeah, I think it was an interesting conversation. It was a managing director of a marketing company, and he he made the comment actually. So I, I, I won't uh, I won't say it was my own. He said that he's he's seen that people are coming out from under the covers or under the bed, and I and I wonder if if that is the case actually. You know, we've responded uh, to this unique situation, and we've we've all taken cover because we're quite good at that, aren't we, the Brits? We sort of rally around and we, we protect what's best and then we sit there and go, right, what's next? So maybe now people are starting to come out and say, okay, wh where do we go next? What tools can I use in a different way? How can I look at my business? How can I look at my life? How can I you know, find really great things? And also lots and lots of uh, social media uh, referencing mindfulness again. And I know there's been a trend in the last couple of years for people to take a little bit more time and att attention of the, their own mindfulness. But um, uh, there are also lots of ways that people communicate in that as well. So interesting to see people coming out maybe with a different mindset, maybe looking forward, so starting to put more of a positive spin on it. I don't know. That's was an interesting uh, conversation. And I'd like to think that that's, maybe that's where we're heading. Well, Paul, it'd be interesting to get your thoughts because you obviously speak to a, a lot of people every day and um, you have done throughout this this crisis, this global epidemic. And, and have you noticed a, a shift or a change in people's maybe thinking and thoughts? Well, my, you know, my instinctive response to that was um, if you take Aspen Weight as a business, we, we were certainly never under the bed in the first place. We, uh, <laughs> we've, uh, you know, we've we've been super busy uh you know, when people when when I meet people like I have today, I've spoken to several people for the first time, uh, you know, ever. And um, you know, my usual comment back is um, they say, "Are you busy?" And I said, "Yeah, I've been busy saving the world, uh, or busy saving the world again, or something." Because that's that's sort of how how it feels like, you know. Um, so I think in our case, um, yeah, so I, I find it hard to relate to that comment because. Um, I think, you know, I think uh, we discussed this yesterday. I, in, in my opinion, if I was putting my spin on what Mark said, uh, I definitely think that um, across the media and 
uh, let's let's call it the majority, perhaps the silent majority or something. There seems to be uh, much more of an optimism and a positivity uh, about sort of um, trying to get back to normal. I'd say, which probably um, isn't surprising, I think in my world, for instance. Um, so, for instance, I was talking talking to um, talking to several new clients this morning. Um, the second one in particular is a good is a good a good COVID nineteen story. So we're talking about um, uh, two very good, uh, well, a very long-standing client of mine. I'm very proud of German craft beer, um, who uh, who make a patented uh, beer in London out of their own uh, spring water process, uh, which is fantastic. That beer is so good that when people drink it, they never want to drink anything else. That's what I find. Um, and uh, they've got a sister company called Jim and Tonic, as in J I M. And um, they make, for instance, seven different types of organic gins, including a hop gin. And I was asking them how they were finding uh, the lockdown, because obviously all their outlets. So if you if you were to go to German craft beer in um, Elephant and Castle on a Friday night, you would have, on average, uh, there's no word of a lie, uh, you'd have for at least 300 people sitting in their garden at any point in time. You know, yeah. is that it's that it's that popular they also do all the um uh they also have the have the contract for the winter wonderland in london and um anyway you know what i was really proud of both of them is i asked them you know how much online business they've been managing to do and they are both doing substantial business and what was very interesting is probably that uh, and i hadn't thought about this before um the thing from a commercial point of view that was probably the most interesting was that um, when they're, when they're uh, apart from their, obviously their retail sales, you know, I, the direct public, uh, when they've been selling um, in the past, they've been going through wholesalers. Whereas what, um, what the, uh, the lockdown has done is it's, it's actually forced them almost to bypass the wholesalers who they say are effectively closed. Uh, you know, and they were making the point that they think that these wholesalers probably won't won't come back. The other thing which I thought was very positive was um, they all they all felt that what lockdown had forced them to do was to advance their long term plan. Yeah. So they they were actually doing things that they had planned to mm. do in the future, but they were doing them now. So uh, yes, yeah, so that's that's my sort of up to date uh, real story to tell. Yeah, it links quite uh, quite nicely, doesn't it, Mark? To what we were, were saying there that you know you you, you do go. I think like like I've mentioned this before, like the stages of of grief. You know, you go through certain <laughs> stages, um, and you and you and you you do take some adjusting to kind of see maybe the light and see what you what you need to do or what you can do. And I'm not, not suggesting for one moment that this isn't affecting an awful lot of people still. And there'll be businesses out there that. Mm. Are, are still in in dire positions and really worried but you just the more the days go on the more you can start to think about different things mm. i think i uh, sorry i missed some of that because uh, I, I dropped out on the on the connection but um i got the gist of it i came back in on the on the tail end of that bit paul but i i think you're exactly right there you know this idea of bringing forward plans often we've said it so many times people are so busy working in their business they don't get a chance to work on it and i might have just disappeared again 
No, can, we can hear you. Yeah. We can still hear you. I mean, you, you, your, yeah. your face is frozen, but we can still hear you. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I, I, actually, we yeah. can't see you or hear you now. You've dropped out, Mark. So it's just down can to I, Paul and I. I'll say something. I'll say something interesting. So I, 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 um, there was a survey, uh, survey that was published this morning. Um, and I'd be very pleased to know, you know, considering I think the first time you and I spoke on a live stream, Ben, uh, you know, we were talking about everyone's going to fall over in a few days. Uh, and business confidence was extremely low, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, uh, on the, this was a comprehensive survey uh, of of several thousand businesses, and um, as of today, ninety one percent of businesses think they can survive four weeks. Yeah. Wow. Which is which is quite good. Um, what was what is interesting is only. 16% of businesses felt they could survive till Christmas. That is, that is incredible, isn't it? That is really is incredible. Only 16, one sixth, only one sixth, let's put it, only one in six businesses believe they could survive to Christmas. Uh, you know, so, um, you know, they're quite sobering, sobering uh, statistics, I think. Well, and we've, and of course, the other, go on, sorry, yeah, well, carry on, Paul. Yeah, the, the other thing, of course, because, um, you know, I'm probably, um, I'm definitely in the, um, is it the hawk? I'm a hawk, not a dove, uh, to use the, the parlance. Uh, so, of course, yesterday we saw the, so we, on, on Sunday we had uh, the lowest reported deaths for 15 days. And um, yesterday uh, that fell even further to uh, into the 400s. So uh, I think um, I think there's real, real, calls for optimism that we're well past the the spike uh but again what was what was very noticeable is again there was nobody there was nobody on um the bbc or the sky that was actually celebrating that yeah yeah it was that, that again again go back to what we uh what we talked about yesterday and um i don't know if mark mark are you back there can we can we hear you yeah, I don't know what's happened to my connections. Apologies for this today, but I thought I'd try it on the phone. I don't know if it's any better. Yeah, we can't see you. You might need to click on your video icon. We'll do. We'll just guide you through it live. Why not? Let's do that. Click on, click on your video icon. Yeah, there we go. We can see you again now. Brilliant. Um, you get a little bit more of a roaming camera on, on your phone. Um, yeah, just picking up to Paul's point, we did talk about this yesterday, the, the, the reaction of the media, and Paul mentioned uh, that, that they just didn't seem to want things to get better because all they'd ever report was the uh, was the bad things. Yeah. But, but a really good uh, point that you mentioned there, you know, th- th- as, as we say, that the, the correlation, maybe there's a correlation between this positive forward thinking and the fact that people are starting to think differently and, and the deaths going down and, and maybe those that are paying close attention can see that we're starting to get towards that peak and now drop and be, be past the peak do, do you think that has a maybe a stupid question this but do you think that, <laughs> that there are no stupid questions apparently there are no stupid um, questions. do you think that that is there's there is a direct uh, link there between maybe forward thinking and and, and innovation and, and the fact that that curve is now heading downwards um, people just sometimes need to feel that it's going to be okay. And Mark's gone again, so that question's just to you, Paul. I oh, know he's back. There we are. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what's going on today. Yeah, co- co- Paul, you you answer that one in case I disappear again. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure actually. I fully understand the question, to honest you, because um, <laughs> uh, no, I'm being serious now because um, I think um, the student, to me it seems there's two different things. We've got. Um, 
you know, what appears to be, I mean, I think there's no doubt, even even if you took the um, the numbers, uh, say, on, on Friday and Saturday, uh, although they were a lot higher than I would have liked, um, I think I think that one could, as a reasonably balanced person, form a conclusion that we were past the worst, uh, and that you know there wasn't going to there wasn't going to be a further, you know, and all this crap that uh, that the, the 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 top of the the curve was two weeks away uh, has proved to be nothing but crap and sensationalist rubbish is dominating the media at the moment. Uh, so I think. Um, I think all we're seeing, to be honest with you, is we've got, as we know, you know, we've discussed many times, the government has a blinkered specific strategy, which is solely uh, to to avoid uh, the NHS being overwhelmed by COVID patients. Uh, and that and they don't give a shit. Sorry, I shouldn't say that on air. They don't care if people like cancer patients die in the meantime or or anything else. These people are all expendable, as are old people. Anybody in a care home or dying of cancer is allowed to die. Sorry to be cynical, but I think it's true. Um, and and that strategy uh, is working. Uh, I, I saw a very good interview of Peter Hitchens yesterday where, again, you know, he made the point that there is no, uh, which I tend to agree with him, there is no um, empirical evidence or scientific evidence to support the fact that that wouldn't have happened anyway. And, of course, the thing which I, I still haven't seen a single person prepared to answer this question is given that Sweden has not locked down why is it that they have not why have they not experienced the apocalypse uh, and I, and I just think you know the the doom and I just I would love I would love to have one of these woke doom and gloom people actually give a proper balanced answer to that question because to me it, it just defies it defies any sort of form of um, of rationale uh you know and, and if you look you know i i actually because because i take this very seriously being on air and knowing what i'm talking about so if you if you you know and i, I do this at least every other day uh, if you look through all the other countries in the world if you look through you know 150 countries and you look at the, the covid stats you know you've got like australia 72 or something you know uh chad two uh you know you've got countries like greece you know, Greece uh, hasn't got a hundred deaths. You know, um, so it seems to me that, and of course, you know, the BBC, for instance, will never say this because um, the BBC like to pretend that everyone is chocolate colour, um, is uh, is um, non-religious, or if they are religious, they're certainly not Christians. Um, and um, and I think the reality is is that the countries that are seeing greater deaths um you, you've got to start looking at things like cultural cultural issues uh the the balance of the you know of the ethnic minorities these sort of things um and i think that's also if you look at um the demographic demographic across the uk you know i'm very fortunate to live in a county which has the lowest rate of coronavirus in the country uh and i and i, and I think that, that that is not that is not a, a coincidence you know, if you look at generally, if you look at Somerset as a county, um, you know, you think about that as rural. Um, on the whole, probably people live a bit further away from each other than they would do in London, say. Um, and, you know, this is not at all um, meant to be a racially motivated comment. But on the whole, people are Caucasian. Uh, 
you know, uh, they are they're 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 sort of middle, you know, on the whole, uh, uh, you know, a sort of a a, a more middle class white uh, traditional society, shall we say? And I and I don't think that that is, you know, that is a coincidence that Somerset then has a low instance of coronaviruses, for instance. So, um, the reality, if you like, the reality behind the numbers is is not what is reported because. Um, our society is dominated by political correctness. Yeah, I was just about to say, jump in there, and um, when you asked to, to get clarification on that question, I'm sure if, if we were watching the podiums in uh, number 10 right now for the media briefing, they would just simply say on your question of why Sweden and other countries had didn't have lockdown and low death rates, it w- would be that they would be guided by the science. That's the seems <laughs> to be the um, stock mm-hmm. answer. I want to move on in a moment, and, and I've got a question uh, around uh, innovation in business at the current time but I want to first just get your thoughts as we have gone that way and sometimes we do go on a journey on these on these live streams and podcasts but I want to ask you about America because yesterday uh-huh. some of the pictures on the news of the rallies and the protests and the interviews mm. with these people that, that were saying this is made up this is not this this is you know this is just not real and we're not accepting it and we want to carry on it's, it's incredible to see those kind of pictures I just love to get your your thoughts on that Mm-hmm. I, I must just say, and I'd just like to put my view forward at a minute. I, was, I remember talking to um, to Ginger Baker's daughter, Nettie Baker, and she was talking, um, she's, she's very outspoken, she was talking generally about people, and, and she used a great phrase. She said, people are just really disappointing, aren't they? <laughs> and and I just think that I agree with that. I watch these things happening on the news. We see the evidence around us. We, and I'm not suggesting for one minute that the, the, the current um, news feed, particularly in the UK or America, is the, is the full picture. I'm, I'm, so I'm not discounting anybody's views here. But come on, you know, I just, I'm just incredibly disappointed by seeing people and also on the UK and in social media, some of the things that keep popping up, which are, I mean, there are, I was just about to, to comment on another point there. There's about, I think there's something like 3.7 million people now that believe the earth is flat. And yeah. they've got all sorts of evidence for that. And there's a brilliant documentary. Yeah. I think it was yeah. uh, Louis Theroux worked on yeah. it. And, and they, they disproved it to themselves, ironically, this group when they're on mm. there. So, Again, everybody, you know, take the science, take the, the, the evidence, take the details in whichever way you can. But it is so disappointing to see people out on the streets uh, ignoring the advice, potentially putting themselves and others at risk, and more importantly, undermining the the general consensus, just giving more, more confusion. I mean, we've got enough confusion as it is. So that's my opinion of it. I mean, I find it quite entertaining in some ways but ultimately disappointing so before i ask ask paul about this i just want to clarify because you you said obviously disappointing behavior and 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 there are there are examples of that even in the uk of people doing things they shouldn't be doing but what was staggering yesterday when i saw those pictures was this is hundreds of thousands of americans that genuine i mean there is no it isn't it it, is so believe it's so real to them it's like this is just doesn't exist like what are we doing like, just get out. We want to go to work. We want to do this. We, we haven't got this. Inf- and there are people with megaphones. And I, I was just so taken aback by it, such a big country so that this this could happen. And it, 
someone put a comment. They said, I never understood why Donald Trump got in. And now watching those pictures, I, I understand the sort of state of America. Is that, is that, was that a fair thing to say, Paul? Um, I'll be very interested at this point how many people, what people think I was, I was going to say now. So I, I think, I think um, it probably wouldn't be a surprise to say that I, I on the whole disagree uh, with, with both your points of view. Um, so, yeah, and I'm not trying to be sensationalist now. I mean, obviously, to some extent, you know, we want to have a balanced opinion here. So uh, I find myself as a, an opinionated, uh, obstinate fellow sometimes uh, slightly changing my own tact to, to suit the balance of the show, if you like, and, and perhaps try to get over the other point of view. I was very interested. When Mark started off with a disappointing, I, I, I thought he might go down a different road than he, he went, actually. Because um, to me, you see, if, I, if, if you said to me, what is my biggest disappointment, that the biggest disappointment in this whole thing has been uh, the failure to, tackle, to take leadership by the government, uh, the complete overreaction um, to uh, to the situation, the uh, willingness to sacrifice decent people who will die without treatment uh, to save people who may or may not die um, in the future, things like that. And I think um, something I was I was thinking about a lot this morning. So if you look at Sweden, for instance, I, I think that the reason why uh, Sweden hasn't had the, uh, you know, the expected apocalypse that might be considered to arise from uh, a much more democratic and libertarian policy that the government has taken towards the people is because the Swedish people have effectively self-regulated. The Swedish people have been trusted by their government to actually behave in a responsible fashion, and they have. Whereas our government has basically said, uh, forget all about your civil freedoms. Um, we, we know best. Um, we're going to tell the police to go look at your, your shopping, cut, turf you out of your own gardens, not allow you to sit on park benches or relaxation mats. And I, I actually think, um, oh, oh, you know, so th th this is not, I've uh, got be careful. I don't get misrepresented on this. See, I, I would actually say on the whole, uh, Paul Waite's view of the American demonstrations is on the whole positive. Because what it says to me is that uh, if you like the community as a whole in America is basically saying, come on, guys, you know, let's get this into perspective uh, and let's get proportionate, you know, and it's all very well to say, uh, you know, so let's be, let's be honest, you know, this, this, this is a serious crisis. It is officially a pandemic. But also the point I made, I think it was on yesterday's show or Friday, is that, uh, you know, and I as far as I'm aware, and if anyone listening to this show doesn't agree with this, I believe it's, it's factually correct. As many people died from non-coronavirus related deaths over and above the normal instance of death last week as died of coronavirus. And in my opinion, every day that goes by uh, that that statistic will increase. So if you turn it around, the logic around on the sort of woke culture we have, uh, why would it be all right to uh, totally have a policy that was aimed at preventing coronavirus deaths if you basically destroy uh, the mentality and the wellness of your communities and destroy 
uh, your your business community for possibly forever. And, and so I think the fact that there are a load of people out there saying, hey, we've had enough of this, uh, is, is actually almost encouraging. I, I see the dangerous points as well, just to be clear on this, in case everyone thinks I'm a fruitcake. But, um, you know, that's... that's, that's... I think you make, make some very good points there, actually, Paul. I was just, just going to say I'm nodding in agreement with you. And I think I, I can see some of the people they were interviewing, I saw, I, I think I saw the BBC News um, coverage of it. So... That, that could always be slightly biased but uh, most of them seem to be saying hey let's let's reboot the economy let's get on with it we want our businesses open again i completely understand that uh, I, I just i just find generally this response to uh, if you pick up on your point about leadership right at the moment if we have strong leadership and strong understanding of what we need to do next but it all seems to still be very wishy-washy nobody oh. can give us any give give us any guidance real guidance apart from stay indoors I, mean, if, I think people will in the uk i think people will swallow that for a little bit longer but not too much longer they're not no, I, agree. I, mean, I, was, I was watching something on the television the other night uh, on film four i think and in the i just noticed it in the top left-hand corner next to the little icon it said stay home and uh, again yeah. i just thought i know to stay home i'm staying home everybody's staying yeah. home you don't this is it's starting to feel orwellian almost it's it's a very strange scenario and that's typically i think that's quintessentially what we do in the uk ironically yeah i, th I think there's um, uh, a part of it uh, sometimes with with i want to say things like this because we haven't been through this but it, a lot of the literature uh, is aimed at the the, I've got to be very careful of how I word this. A certain uh, class of education. I don't know how to word it better. Uh, it, it's always it's that thing you get you get taught. Um, let's go back to you mean you mean dumbing down. You mean yeah. So you've got to aim everything at the person that is going to struggle the most to understand it. And then there'll be people yeah. like yourself, Mark, sitting there thinking, well, I mean, this is why have we got this on the television? But it, it is that kind of thing, I guess. Um, we live in we're living in strange times. We're going to move this on slightly because there's something I want to talk about. What I will say is, is we're living in such strange times at the moment that this morning I woke up seven thirty and my girlfriend shouts upstairs and she says, "Come down quick!" She says, "My mum sent me a link on the Avon website. You can get hand sanitizer and hand soap gel quickly. Let's do this." And I ended up doing it because I haven't got any. We haven't got any soap. We can't get them in the supermarkets. And I thought to myself afterwards, what kind of life am I living? What's, what is going on here? But it all goes back to the same thing we're talking about. There is so much panic. There is so much, the literature that's put out, the, the lack of leadership means that I'm doing something like that at 7.30 in the morning because we haven't got any soap. And it's, I, I wonder, just, just yeah, trying to link. Smelly Ben. Well, just trying to link it to the point that you both made there is, we are we are being we are being forced into these sort of situations, and you look at the shops still, and you still can't buy the soaps and different things, and and it and it all comes back to that lack of leadership, that lack of direction, um, which is the the point I want to sort of wrap up with what we've been been talking about, but let's move it forward now to leadership and a uh, you know a, a real direction to go to. And I want to pick up on one of the points that you made earlier on the show, Mark, about coming from out of the bed and opening your eyes and thinking about, okay, what we can do now. We've talked about a few things on this show of how when this is over, 
how does the business world look? And I really want to get into that now and, and ask, because we've got two really experienced people uh, on the show in yourself and Paul with, with huge amount of intelligence and experience and, uh, and ability to really shape the future. So what, what would your advice be? We've done advice for businesses, but let's look at it on a, on a different level. I'm a business now. I've come out un- underneath the bed. How do I structure the business so that if there is a second pandemic or if, if this happens again, that I'm thinking about ways of, of, of stopping that? What, what, what's the first sort of things that I need to think about? Uh, I, I think from, from my perspective, and, and I'll, I'll pick up on Paul's point earlier, I don't think all of the businesses are under the bed. I was just making reference to a conversation I had yesterday. But in order to recover, as it were, I think reimagine is the phrase I'd use because often we don't have an opportunity working in our business to start reimagining where we could be or where we should be. And again, the, the, the business, business forum is changing all the time. Technology is evolving all the time. Uh, even the way that people are consuming, uh, you know, or buying or purchasing or in, uh, using their own supply chains. So it's a great opportunity right now to just take a moment and reflect. Whenever you go go through anything, you know, if, you, if we were being chased through the through the woods, you know, Paul, one of your references here, the uh, me and you, a couple of Vikings being chased by wolves through the woods. <laughs> when we when we finally get away from the wolves, we'd sit down for a minute by the tree and go, oh, blimey, that was close, wasn't it? And we'd look around and we'd check where our wounds were and we'd check where we're going and check our route next. So taking a moment just to, you know, reimagine what it could be like in the future, looking at your business right now and saying, okay, well, have, I got, have I got any wounds? Are there anything I, anything I need to be working on here that I need to and also what a great opportunity right now to look at the baggage look at the things that are uh, stopping you from being the most efficient business you could possibly be and this sort of thing is 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 uh, ideal as well I think Mr Waite would agree that uh, mm-hmm. within our own business we've seen the use of Slack and and Zoom and webinars is transforming the way we do business so yeah. that's what that's would be my re- response to that Ben is I don't think there's one size fits all, but taking a moment to look at where you are and then maybe reimagining where you could be in the future, that would be my advice. Uh, and, and Paul, the, 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 I mentioned earlier that you speak to so many business owners on a, on a daily basis. Um, do, uh, uh, do, some of the advice that you're giving out, I know it would be on the, uh, similar lines maybe to Mark of taking stock and, and, and thinking about where you are. But do, do you find that there's um, there's a real need at the moment for people just to have a little bit of guidance are you having to give um what type of advice are you giving out on a daily basis oh so you know i make a joke of it but as i said earlier you know probably my standard uh comment at the moment is um is i'm is i'm busy saving the world so uh, i I say that because um uh is actually uh, to be honest you know some days it actually actually almost becomes quite um, stressful uh, because it's so relentless. Uh, the last couple of days have been like that. So, I would say, um, obviously, one of the one of the things that goes with being a very uh, giving person who genuinely believes in uh, the website strapline, which is building a world where no business owner ever feels alone again, 
is <laughs> when you say to people, I'm here for you 24-7, then it probably shouldn't be a surprise <laughs> that they think you're there 24-7. So I even had a leading client phone me on Sunday morning, for instance, and asked me to write a supportive letter for them uh, to help them um, get some money, for instance, you know, and I, I don't really feel I can turn around and say, excuse me, old boy, you know, it's Sunday morning, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, I said I cared about you, but I don't care about you enough. I've got my chaw sausages in the oven, you know. Um, so I think in terms of the, you know, the breadth of it, it's um, it could be so, you know, it's, it's everything from uh, things like so, you know, give, uh, uh, given an, an example, it could be. Uh, so in one case, I spent a lot of time, actually, a lot of time on writing uh expert evidence stroke uh reports to um to get uh clients rates assessments down so you know being a resourceful fellow you've got the the 10 grand grant the 25 grand grant and then you've got anyone with a raceable value over 51 grand there's nothing 51 grand there's no there's no um finance for them at all so mm. um one of the things I've 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 started doing more than I would have done normally is um, total cost reviews of clients. So looking to see where they're uh, spending unnecessary amounts of money. Um, unfortunately, so you take this particular client. Um, uh, I said to them quite early on that I felt that they were barking up a gum tree in terms of approaching their council for assistance because they they simply wouldn't get any, and you know, they just would waste a lot of time and mine uh, pursuing a process that wasn't tailored for them because they didn't fit into the, the neat little box that the government had created. Uh, what was very interesting, I said, actually, um, you know, I'm no expert, but I think that your rateable value is ridiculously high. Uh, take my advice. Don't write the letters to the council. Get on the phone and talk to an expert. And of course, they came back within an hour and said, yeah, you're absolutely right. The uh, the rateable expert thinks that our rates are 50 to 100 percent too high. Sure. So I, I sat down last night because I promised I would. And I wrote a report uh, analyzing their accounts for the last eight years, coming up with all sorts of statistics to prove my point that the rent, the rates were too high, <laughs> for instance, you know. Um, so that would be a thing. So um a really great success story. So you know, one of the things you know I'm always going on about is in any situation, you get winners and losers. Uh, so even now, you know, as we discussed, the supermarkets are obvious winners. But if you look at a, a, a real situation of hope here, um, so I've got a client that produces high-quality ladies' cosmetics um, who has won a multi-million pound order. And we're talking now about over a million pounds of sales a week uh, to produce to provide sanitizer um, to yeah. to a to a twenty billion dollar worldwide corporation, um, and I hope I hope she's if she's listening she doesn't mind me saying this. Um, the word that she used, uh, which would describe best her feelings, was scared. Mm. She was is it, so so basically what I've done is to say. Uh, so I've gone in and said, right, Uncle Paul's involved now. <laughs> this is this is nothing to be scared about. These are all, so right. These, these are all the things you have to do, right? And I'm and I'm going to take ownership of this because I'm not going to let you be scared. All right. 
Uh, and probably within half a day of getting involved in the process, I don't think she's scared anymore, you know? So, um, you know, I think obviously, you know, our, 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 our position in, in the world is very much uh, real world people who genuinely are there for people. So, yeah, some, some really interesting, I, I like the, I knew that you'd give that answer, the breadth of um, stories that you could <laughs> tell of, of the things that you deal with on a daily basis and the different, like you use the word winners and losers, but the different people, the different businesses that you're speaking to and you're actually, there's three different examples there of things that you're having to do for businesses. First of all, what you might call firefighting and trying to get things in order right the way to that last example, which is actually forward thinking and thinking, well, actually, this is a great opportunity. This has come along. We can we can plan for this and we can make this less scary as the phrase that you used. One more uh, more example I, w- I want to use of thinking about business in the future. Um, and, I, and I came across this yesterday just to start a, a, t- a talking point. I, if you go on to the, there's a few websites like this. So at the moment, if you want to do any shopping, then in the situation that we're in, it's very difficult. You end up in virtual queues. Um, if you go on to the, the next oh. website today, it says no more orders until tomorrow. We're limiting the number <laughs> of warehouse colleagues at any one time. So if you want a next order, you pretty much have to get on there very early. When we talk about innovating and assessing your business, and I know we're talking about a, a big business now, Surely there are a lot of people, there must be people in those businesses now that are really taking stock, as you, as you said, Mark, and thinking about the future. If this were to happen again, mm-hmm. if, if this lasts for a very long time, we can't be in a situation where we should be in an efficient situation where this is a problem. We're all having to adjust our lives, but we should be able to carry mm-hmm. on. And businesses like Next should be able to trade with efficient delivery systems, the way the warehouse works. Um, masks, different things. It, sh- it should be in place. We shouldn't have to have a situation where you go onto a Boots website and it says you're in a queue and it's going to be 45 minutes. That isn't mm. that isn't 2020, is it? Or am I being unkind? Well, I, actually, I'll pick up again on a, a point from Paul earlier. Um, if you if you look at where we are in terms of businesses right now and how they need to respond, then we should th- those businesses should already be pulling forward some of those plans from the future. So AI and uh, augmented reality, virtual reality, mixed mixed reality is all of, is going to be the future of consumerism. So the next generation, the digital generation that we've got now, Gen Z, the post-Gen Z generation, they will <laughs> live in an environment where AI is, is normal. You, sit, you put on your, your multimedia device and you go shopping. And you do it from your living room. And we've already seen there was a, an article on LinkedIn just yesterday, um, the world's first virtual reality supermarket. I think it was in, in Italy. Um, the the technology is all there. You can still go into the shop, but most of it is online. You kind of walk, stick your headset on and you walk around and you point to what you want and it gets ordered and then it gets shipped up and packaged out. So I think the, the technology, the advancements are all there. It's about a matter of bringing those forward now because we've seen that this that would that if those position if they were in position now, then that would have been a great first response to the current scenario. But that's the future. The mixed reality advertising, you know, we know that Google are looking at that, Facebook are looking at that, um, Amazon have already looked at it. I think Amazon as well have got. AI running many of their, um, their, their distribution centers as well, starting to work on that. 
Um, so I think technology and the, the adaptation and utilization of technology is going to be accelerated. It's a little bit of a turbo boost right now. But yeah, in answer to your question, I think they could have been a little bit more prepared. But what they'll have to do is bring their plans forward. Anything to add on? I mean, Paul, you mentioned this about um, uh, the, the, you know, plants and garden centres, the, the fact that there's not a, a system in place where all these plants are going oh. to waste. Um, it, it, it just strikes me, I'm trying to phrase this the right way, but it just, I, am, I know this is a, a pandemic. I don't want anyone to watch this and think, my God, this guy's got no idea what's going on in the hospitals yeah. and going on. Uh, but, but we are in 2020. I did mm. expect the response online to be better than it is. I expected to be able to get things delivered. The government shut everything down, but don't worry. You can get deliveries. You can get this. It's all organised. And the fact they can't get any plants for the garden is an example of just how maybe far behind. I know you mentioned this last show you were on, Mark. We're just we're not up to the game at the moment, are we? I'll put that mm. to Paul. I think, I think um, as we probably have limited time left and try to do justice to the original concept today about talking about innovation and i haven't talked about any so uh, echoing mark's point i think um uh so i think it i think most people think that this won't be the last pandemic in our lifetime um i'm not saying uh, i'm not talking now about um second wave coronavirus necessarily i'm just saying that other other uh viruses or or other challenges will probably it would be reasonable to uh to budget for for that in our lifetime uh so i think that um ai and robotics for instance are clearly uh robots can't catch coronavirus <laughs> so mm. it just seems to be quite logical that um uh if you imagine a warehouse decked out with 100 robots or uh, or robots making cars, uh, that's a very nice way of not killing the production workforce. Mm. Uh, so uh, clearly, you know, we're, we're still, we've still got a few months, probably, you know, perhaps a couple of years to go before that sort of thing becomes a reality. But I would definitely agree with Mark that um, those things will be, uh, will be speeded up. On the positive side, again, and this is this is uh, relevant uh, into your point about innovation. Um, there are now uh, very clear evidence against the sort of rubbish again you see on the media that um, there there are very real uh, solutions uh, already present or about to be present to this current situation. So, you've got stories about. Um, people being given blood transfusions from blood with people that have recovered from coronavirus um, and uh, reports of very successful clinical trials. Uh, and of course, you know, the thing is, we've got um, a lot of very clever people for the first time um, in the world sort of working together with a common enemy, uh, regardless of your political persuasion. So, you know, I'm, I'm a great believer in the, in the market and that um, you know, ultimately, this this will be defeated because uh, science, collective science, will do so. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, and I think it's a good way to to end the show. I know we went off in a slightly different direction at the beginning, but hey, that's what we do on the show. Thank you for all your comments and 
And if you're listening on the podcast, thank you for uh, for listening with us. And I'm sure you've got views on this, so please uh, share them across social media, or you can uh, you can email us podcast at aspen-weight.co.uk uh, and join in with the conversation and the debate. Uh, right, this is my favourite point of the show <laughs> because we get some uh, uh, music and Paul's A to Z continues. What's the track for today, Paul? <laughs> Ah, so, t- so today we've hit Jay, and I think uh, Jay Jay has nearly the least number of musicians other than Zed um, around. But um, I, th- I, th- I thought in the end, I thought of a, a really good song to pick for today, uh, which also has a good story, which is uh, Super Freak by Rick James. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> apart from the fact, obviously, one one um, one wants to have a balance of, of music. So it's, um, you know, it's a really funky sort of uh, song, which is slightly different to the songs we've been playing recently and um so i think it's um you know it's a it's almost a classic in its own right mm. <clears throat> i think the other thing that's very obviously very interesting and, and and almost i don't know if notorious is the right word to use but um of course um perhaps uh, this song has almost become more famous because of what mc hammer did uh than because of the song itself mm. so mc hammer obviously took probably the most blatant fashion of any any song that's ever been plagiarized in history i would suggest um can't touch this by mc hammer which became an enormous worldwide hit hmm? was it bobby brown i think it was mc hammer wasn't it mc hammer did, who, who, did yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, i thought it was yeah it was mc hammer so um you know um I, I think you know MC Hammer's song, which was I say was, and, and it's a shame really because it's a, a wonderful video. I love watching Hammer the way he moves in his. And he's got these baggy, these baggy gold trousery things on, like an Arabian, or you know, like in, a, in, a, in an Arabian Nights or something. And the way he moves around the screen is just, um, you know, really, really fantastic. Um, and maybe even in a way, you know, the Rick James song is perhaps a bit more raw. I don't know what Mark thinks as a mm. music lover. Yeah, it's great version. The, the, Rick, the, for me, the Rick James. Yeah, which, which one do you prefer? Rick James for me. Yeah, Rick James is definitely the best version for me. <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking the, uh, the, uh, the MC Hammer version still stands test time. Funny enough, we had a little uh, a little home disco on, on Saturday night and <laughs> uh, kids were jumping around the room and that one got played. And um, yeah, you don't want to you don't want to see the video of that, mate. I tell you, me, me doing me MC Hammer impersonations. <laughs> <laughs> no trousers are baggy enough for that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so um, uh, I'm pleased to say that uh, uh, Rick James success- successfully sued MC Hammer for many millions of pounds uh, for the blatant uh, plagiarisation of 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 uh, Super Freak. So uh, we're playing out today with Super Freak by Rick James. And hopefully this will get you all out in your gardens, dancing around and losing a few calories. Uh, so you can you can more easily drink all that vodka and gin and beer and wine later. Yeah, absolutely. A great choice uh, today. And it's going to follow on the podcast if you're listening to this. And if you're watching on the live stream, then as always, we encourage you to go to whatever streaming site and service that you use and uh, have a listen to it because it's uh, it's fantastic that's it we've run out of time that's uh, it's uh, been a, a fascinating show we've gone in all sorts of different directions uh, mark thank you so much for your time we'll see you again uh, next week we will no doubt tackle uh, another subject and paul thank you for your time as always 
Thank you, uh, Chocolate Voice. And um, you, you won't be on tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll be back uh, with uh, Rob and Darren uh, joining me and a special guest uh, as well. And then Paul will be back uh, on Thursday. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening on the podcast. Don't forget, as I always say, uh, please do subscribe if you haven't already to our podcast. Uh, you'll get notified and it will just drop onto your device whenever we release a new one, which is every day. And uh, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, hit the bell and you'll get notified whenever we go live, which is every day at 12.30. Enjoy uh, the rest of your jet day. Enjoy the sunshine. And we'll see you back here uh, tomorrow, 12.30. See you then. Get her off the street.